I'm sure you see that. Yeah, yeah. Even even yourself. Oh, daddy's money. You know, I I bought a McLaren. Oh, daddy bought you that McLaren. Yeah, yeah. I used to get triggered because I get those too. But it's like there's no point fighting trolls on the internet. No, and the thing is, is and I had that same thing in. They wish they could be you. And for whatever reason, they can't find that success that you have. So the only thing that makes them feel better is to hate on you. Right. Welcome back to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I have with me today professional stock trader, Mark Thomas. How's it going? Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah. This is actually first in-person podcast. First podcast I'm on because I host my own podcast. So it's yeah. totally reverse roles. So let's do it. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's always easier when a podcaster comes on. Actually, I've I've said that too. Yeah, it's just like I, I guess you. The more podcasts you do, you just build up a knack to it and you get yeah. better at it. Yeah, I look back at my old ones and I was like, "Ooh, that's tough to watch." Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, how did you get into stock trading? How old were you? Yeah. So I started. I was like 14, 15. So late 2016, early 2017. It was my cousin who introduced me to Bitcoin. Uh, started trading crypto, did pretty well with that. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to 2018, transition into the stock market. Mm. And as most people realize, like the amount of capital you have, you know, even if you have 10, 15,000 bucks trading just shares uh, of a stock, you're not going to really see worthwhile or substantial gains. So right. I'm like, you know, options are risky. Inherently, if you know about options, you're essentially leveraging your money 100 to 1. One option contract gives you the right to buy 100 shares of a stock. So, you know, I blew up a couple of accounts, $10,000 account out the window trading options. Uh, and then I found an edge. And I think every trader needs to realize that you, you have to find an edge to find consistent profitability in the market. Mm. And it took me about a year to find this edge. And so, you know, now we're in 2023. The last, you know, years have flown by and I've been consistently profitable wow. since then. So when you say edge, what exactly is that? Yeah, so I created a software. Now, this is an order flow software. So what I do, um, I license, I take all of the order flow data from different data providers throughout the market. So this is all retail order flow data. Mm-hmm. I, li- I take that data, we buy that data, license it, and then I have this, this software that I created with the help of a couple other guys, so mm-hmm. I can't take all the credit. And so that software is paired with the technical analysis I do. So mm. as a trader, like my style or strategy, um, to kind of put it into the simplest terms, if you guys don't know much about trading, uh, I'm a trend trader. I trade based off of a series of moving averages. I look at setups within those moving averages, mm-hmm. uh, trying to identify different patterns on different tickers, and then I'll pair that with this order flow software that I created. Wow. Yeah. So what's the most you've made in a single trade? So it's nothing crazy. And I feel like everyone is like, you know, I even had a friend ask me, like, when I bought my Audi R8, he's like, what stock did you trade to buy this? And I'm like, <laughs> it's just consistency. My biggest trade was 30K. Okay. Um, and so it's like, if you are consistent, you know, you can make 100K a month. You just need two or three good trades a week. So I'm a swing trader. Right. Uh, I started out day trading. And it's funny enough, the company's name is The Daily Traders. Uh, Started out day trading, transitioned into swing. Main reason being um, the time that it takes to swing trade. I spend about an hour and a half to two hours uh, trading every day. That's it? And that's it. And that's what most people think. It's like you don't need to sit on your screen all day and just burn your eyes out and stress. And I figured, you know, starting this company and having a lot of, you know, other things I wanted to do and focus on outside of just trading, uh, if I could find a way to trade um, to kind of minimize the time I had to spend on my screen, which was swing trading, and then really finding that, that I guess, 
style within swing using right. the software I have. Nice. So what, what is your win rate in swing trading? So when it comes to win rate, and I want to talk about this because this is interesting. And, and the last, so when I say what my win rate is, I'm looking at a year to a year and a half worth of trade data. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it changes as market conditions shift. Um, my win rate and any trader's win rate is gonna gonna change. So last year, uh, I closed the year with a seventy five percent win rate. Damn, which is pretty good. And I think most people assume that you know you need a eighty ninety percent win rate to make money. Um, you can be consistently profitable with less than a fifty percent win rate. Really, it all comes down to risk management, risk to reward. Um, sure, if you have a 50% win rate, you know, you're kind of limited to taking one-to-ones. So uh, the more, the higher the win rate you have, you can kind of push that risk to reward per trade you're taking. Right. And so, you know, working with that year and a half worth of trade data gives me the most accurate win rate as market conditions change and shift. Right. Yeah, because you're taking the balance of everything. Yeah, so I'm taking, and as I add on trades this year, I'm kind of removing trades off the back over right. the last year and a half. It gives me the most accurate kind of numbers that I can go off of when it comes to managing risk. Have you ever taken a huge L where you just, you couldn't sleep at night? Like it was just a massive L. Um, yeah. I mean, I lost a car on, <laughs> uh, on one trade. It was two days. I lost 64,000. Biggest loss. Uh, Would have been a nice Tesla. Oh, what was it? What was the stock on? I was trying to remember because I, I got asked the same question the other day in a, a little interview I was doing. I was in Miami. Yeah. Um, it was two years ago. I don't remember the ticker. Uh, and it was one of those trades where, you know, I look back on it and I learned so much from it and realizing that, you know, a loss is, is just a, a, it's, you don't call it a loss, call it like a, a you know, a learn. Mm. And I was working with someone the other day, one of my students and I was, and I was telling him and when he was logging his trades, it's like, don't put win loss, put win, learn, win, mm. learn. Cause there's so much you can learn from a loss, especially a big loss like that. Right. And so as a trader, I grew just from that loss, even wow. though it sucks. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. You have to stay positive and, yeah. and obviously the emotional aspect of that, obviously that did shake me up a bit, mm -hmm. but over time you just become numb to losing. You get used to losing money because you realize losing money is part of trading. Right. That's part of this job. Like you lose money. Yeah. Uh, it just comes down to risk management. You know, you want to win yeah. more than you lose. It's a numbers game at the end of the day. It is. Um, and it's funny because I wasn't like a numbers guy. I was never good at math in school. Um, realizing that you don't have to be like school smart to make money trading. Right. And overcomplicating things is what a lot of people do. And I simplify everything. I keep it very straightforward. Mm. And so the math behind it, yes, you need to know certain figures and numbers because yeah. it is a numbers game. Um, it's a numbers game. There's like three parts of trading, okay? Risk management, trading psychology, and then the trading itself. So that edge or the charting, te technical analysis, fundamental analysis, whatever it is you do to find those trades. Mm. So it's really those three parts that trading boils down into that you need to master. Right. And what were your parents' reactions when you said, mom, dad, I'm gonna become a stock trader. I'm not going to college for this. I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, so, I mean, I started finding success. Obviously, friends, family saw that. Um, I bought my mom a car last year. Like, nice. Brand new Volvo for her birthday, which was like really, really rewarding. Yeah, really crazy sick. to be able to do. I didn't even make a YouTube video about that. Cause wow. it's just like, it's not stuff I do for content to get views just cause you know, I can you know, giving back because my parents have always supported me. Mm. And when I told them initially, like, you know, I, I don't want to go to college. I actually ended up um, 
not technically dropping out of high school. Uh, I never went to senior year. Uh, I ended junior year, and then I got my my diploma because my mom kind of pushed me to do that online. Okay. Yeah, I, I moved to LA when I was eighteen. I moved wow. out all on my own, and uh, I'm almost twenty one now. So it's been it's been a wild ride, but support all around from friends and family. Oh, that's good. I feel like that's yeah. pretty rare, actually. It, it is. Um, you know, especially if your parents go to college, yeah. they think you need that to succeed. Right. Um, I don't come from a really wealthy family. Just got it. You know, middle class family. And so I didn't, I never had any fallback, anyone I could fall back on. Even now, like, you know, you put yourself in a position where you can't fail. I always say that. Like, I've never had a plan B. Mm. My plan B is my plan A. It has to work. And so, you know, knowing like I don't have daddy's money or something and and i get that all the time on tiktok <laughs> i'm sure you see that yeah, yeah. even even yourself oh daddy's money you yeah. know i i bought a mclaren oh daddy bought you that McLaren. Yeah, yeah, yeah i used to get triggered because i get those too but it's like there's no point fighting trolls on the internet no and the thing is is and i had that same thing in 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 middle school and people you know whenever you're doing something different outside the norm people love to hate on that yeah. and it's because they're jealous of you and not just because they're jealous it's it's well they wish they could be you and for whatever reason, they can't find that success that you have. So the only thing that makes them feel better is to hate on you. Right. Yeah, I can't even imagine a kid trading stocks. My middle school would have gotten bullied into oblivion. And it's oh, yeah. kind of a shame like that. That's the way society is. It is. It is. It's when you're outside of the norm at any age, especially younger. Um, you know, and I school is an interesting topic because, you know, I was very set on getting good grades, becoming a good student my first, you know, two years of high school, freshman, sophomore year. And then I really decided like, you know, that's not the direction I want to go and that's not my path. Mm. Um, I want to, I want to trade stocks full time. Right. And so you find a way, whatever you are passionate about. And that's the thing I'm passionate about trading. Mm -hmm. And if you're not passionate about something, I don't think you're going to find success in it. You have to love yeah. it. You have to eat, sleep and breathe it. And that's all it was for me. Mm. And people look at where I am now and they don't see the years it took and the right. failures to, to get to where I am. Yeah. You started at 13. It's been what? Eight years. Yeah. 14, 15. So seven, seven and a half years, halfway yeah. through 2023. Now it's, um, it's like I, I tell anyone, if, if you're looking to find success in anything you do, find someone that you look up to. Don't mimic or copy them, um, but use that as inspiration and motivation. Mm. So I had you know, motiv motivational people in the, in the trading space that I was looking toward uh, who I wanted to become and become more like. Right. Um, so who are like the goats of the stock trading space? Yeah, so Chris Cady, uh, he... Chris is late 60s, not to age him. Uh, really <laughs> nice guy, Chris Kidd. He traded on Wall Street uh, for 43 years on the floor of the exchange. I actually was in New York this fall. I met Chris in person, and he wow. was someone I looked up to um, as just, you know, this trader who had been in the game forever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he really made this his life's purpose to, you know, continue finding success, you know, every, every decade in the market. Um, Steve Hawkins, creator of Market Profile, another, you know, very genius figure who I got to talk with, network with. Hmm. And not that I trade like either of them, um, but it's just surrounding yourself with, with other people who are doing better than you. Right. And that's with anything in life. Anything, like find yeah. people who you look up to who are doing better than you. Meet them, network, surround yourself with them, their mentalities, their mindsets, and take what you can and implement that into your own trading or uh, whatever mindset. Yeah. So I don't know the exact percentage statistically behind this, but why do you think a lot of people lose money on stocks? So trading is one of the most difficult jobs 
like in the world. It's mm. also one of the best jobs in the world. And I think a lot of people lose money, and that is because they either f- have the wrong guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of fluff, a lot of BS. Um, don't know if you can swear on you here. Can, but, um, <laughs> there's a lot of shit on YouTube. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of gurus. I've even been called a guru. And finding that person out there in all the noise who can show the results, prove they're profitable. You wanna find a mentor who's actually successful in what he's doing and you need a way to like, for them to prove that and for you to see that. So a lot of people just go down the rabbit hole of YouTube, follow the wrong people, buy the wrong courses, what have you. Mm. Uh, and then the learning curve to trading, for some people it could take five years. Mm. Uh, I think the average is probably between two to three years to really become consistently profitable. Wow. And most people just give up, that's it. Most people give up or they blow up their account they don't have any more capital. You can only blow up your account so many times and refund your account so many times before you're like, I don't have any more money. Right. I'm gonna go try something else, drop shipping, what have you. Yeah, so what about paper trading accounts? Do you recommend people start there? I do, and it's funny, like I, you know, I used to not be a huge fan of paper trading, and the one reason is because there's no emotional aspect involved in right. trading psychology being one of those three parts of trading. You need to learn how to manage emotion. And so you don't have that when you're paper trading, right. but you can learn the basic skills and kind of go through those, like something as simple as uh, instead of uh, buying a call, you sell a call or you close the position by accident or you just learn those basic things paper trading, Yeah, it's gonna save you money, right? Like you're gonna lose money either way, but you're gonna save yourself some money if you hop into a simulated market and trade with you know, paper money. Absolutely. So with all the fluff out there, how can someone navigate these landmines and become a better trader? Is, is, is it worth buying a course and following these signal groups? Yeah, so that's a good question. And the one thing with signal groups, uh, and you know, kind of my opinion on this, I was just making a YouTube video about this the other day. It's like, if you pay for, I think Benzinga has like a signals group. Yeah. Um, there's you know individual people who have gathered a bunch of traders together to post their trades. So say there's like five or 10 traders in a signals group. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that even if you enter every single trader's trade, so they post their entries, they post their exits across 10 different traders trading different strategies, you enter all of their trades throughout an entire trading year, mm. the chances that at the end of the year, those 10 traders together will actually be consistently profitable. All of their trades combined, it could be 100, 200 trades, extremely unlikely. More than likely, you will not even be able to get in on every single, you know, alert that is, you know, posted in that group. Right. You, you know, you get, you, you get in on one alert, you miss two, you end up the, you know, you see the ratios, everything comes down to a science especially when it comes to risk risk management, which I keep saying a lot because risk management is vital in becoming consistently profitable. And so there's just this huge lack in misunderstanding in how to actually trade. And it becomes this, this follow the herd kind of sheep, just cattle, uh, you know, cattle ranching. Everyone's just following this right. one guy or multiple people. And you miss out on, well, learning the actual lifelong skill of trading. Right, because you're not actually learning anything. <laughs> you're not learning anything. You're just blindly following someone. And obviously, like what I do is I post my personal trades. I didn't do that to start an alerts group. And when I, like starting this company, The Daily Traders, was totally on accident. Right. I posted a couple videos on TikTok because I'm, I'm trading. It's something I enjoy. I thought some other people might find this interesting. Yeah. I ended up blowing up on TikTok and you know, friends, family were asking me to teach them how to trade, taught my dad, uh, my siblings how to trade. Mm. And I just ran out of time and I'm like, this is not, you know, I need to focus on my own trading. I need to focus on other, other ventures outside of just trading because right. I'm very entrepreneurial, always have been. And so my mom actually was like, why don't you just create a course? And the word course, 
you kind of think, oh, guru. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, you create a course, oh, you'll be a trading guru. So I'm like, what if I can prove to everyone that their mentor that they invest into is actually consistently profitable? Right. So I'm like, I'll just show my trades. I'll post my trades. I'll show my entries and my exits. And people can follow along if they you know, mm. so desire. Um, I don't have any series licenses. I'm not a financial advisor. I can just share with people what I'm doing. But then I also think it's important to learn that lifelong skill of trading. Like right. It is a skill that you could have for the rest of your life. You'll never have to work a nine to five if you learn how to trade. So I did put together a course just to teach people that exact system that I use to find and execute upon these trades. That's cool. Is, trade, is trading a recession-proof skill, you think? Yeah. It depends on how you trade. And so last year, I don't know the exact number, so I don't want to spit anything out. I trade both calls and puts long and short. So the market's going up, I can make money. Market's going down, I can make money. Mm -hmm. um, that's the thing. If you know different strategies or within my system, I have different setups where I can go long or short on a chart. Mm. So even if we're in a bear market, in a recession, I can still capitalize on that and still make money. Wow. And you know, more volatile markets obviously create more uncertainty. Yeah. Um, if you get caught on the wrong side of a move, you could totally get screwed. But that mm -hmm. volatility can also, you know, more risk, more reward. You can you can make more money on that volatility if you're caught on the right side of that. But being able to play either direction and switch that bias quickly and have like systems in place where you can switch that bias and go from long to short on a chart based mm -hmm. off of what the technicals are telling you or what my software tells me, that's just gonna open up the you know a world of possibility where the market could be totally for right. five years and I could still make money. Wow, so you've switched your positions like mid-trade? Not so the way I trade is I could trade one ticker one week and be long and the next week I'm short. Oh wow. Um my actual so right now my trading volume and volume is I mean the trades I'm putting on, the amount of trades I'm putting on, I'm only putting on a trade or two a week. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sitting there, like I said, all day and trading because I don't day trade, I swing trade. And you only need a couple good trades a week. Wow. You can still make a hundred K a month just with a couple good trades. That's and I wild. I trade with five hundred K right now. And when it comes to paying yourself as a trader, it's you know something you have to figure out how you want to go about doing that. Some people like scaling their accounts, so you start the year with ten thousand, a hundred thousand, um, and you increase your position size. You scale that account, managing risk. Some people like starting the year with that initial value, say whatever, hundred, five hundred thousand in my case, mm -hmm. and then you know say I'm up five hundred thirty thousand off of that initial value at the end of the month or at the end of the week, then I'll pay myself. So I Got keep it. my account balance around 500. I can show you my account actually, yeah. if you want to see. That's cool. On, uh, and then how TOS. are the taxes determined from that? So it depends if you're trading under an entity or not. Um, obviously I have a really good accountant, very fortunate. I found him three or four years ago. Yeah. And so capital gains taxes are brutal. There are only so many things you can deduct. If you're trading under an entity, uh, you say your monitor setup, like I have, well, my old office in Portland, I'm in Malibu now, but my right. old office, I had this crazy setup, like seven, eight screens, desks, chairs, like $10,000 setup. And I could deduct that because I'm trading under an entity. Oh, so, smart. Uh, you know, you just have to figure out how you find the right CPA that can really give you the right direction on how yeah, to, you know, makes sense. Go yeah, about. I'd love to see your account, like the year gains or whatever. Yeah, so this is, let's see, I'm in a position right now, I called out inside my mentorship group last week uh, on Apple. Yeah. So I'm short on Apple. And you keep them open for a week, you said? So my average hold period or my swing period uh, is wow. it's between three to five days. So, you know, I might get stuck holding Apple for... That's sick. Uh, I, might, you, oh, go on. I might get stuck holding Apple for a week or two, but when it comes to options, you have to choose the expiration date of a contract. And yeah. so like I'm buying contracts that expire six, seven, eight months out. 
I'm giving myself that flexibility or that room to you know hold a trade a week or two if I have to, but preferably like the optimal trade is gonna be within three to five days that I'm closing oh, that okay. position. And I'll have max two trades on at once. You know, most of the time I'll have one trade on. Wow. So you stay very focused on one or two a week. Like. One or two a week. And, you know, I've seen people that I've worked with that have 20 trades on at once. And it's like, I don't know how anyone can manage that many trades. Yeah, that sounds like he'd be up all day, all night, like watching them. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you have 10 trades on, you know, maybe you're up on five, down on five. You know, they're kind of just going to offset each other and offset, end up yeah. being just flat. Yeah. So just focusing on one or two really solid trades, that A-plus setup, uh, that's what's worked for me. Yeah. So trading a little, a little less size right now because the market has been very difficult this last six months this year so far. I've been trading less volume, like putting on less positions, just being a little more conservative until mm -hmm. market conditions become a little easier to trade. We've seen a lot of chop, a lot of volatility. Just being more conservative. Last year, I think people think that you have to each year have a bigger year trading, and that's not the case. Mm. I was talking with this this trader. He was actually on our podcast, and he made $6.8 million in 2021. 2022, he made $1.1 million. And he's like, yeah, you don't have to have a bigger year each year. Right. right? The market's going to present different opportunities. It's whatever the market presents you is whatever you're going to make. And focusing wow. on that end goal, that year, like don't look at the week outlook, the month outlook, look at the end of the year outlook. Uh, and that's why it's like if you have a bad trade, in the long right. run, you, yeah, you look at the end of the year and you look at your equity curve and you see that you'll be up at the end of the year if you right. continue following the same system that you have in place with that same win rate, with that same risk reward. Right. You got to stay disciplined, locked in. It's super like trading. You have to be so disciplined. One of the things you have to be really disciplined in is journaling, keeping track of as much data as you possibly can. And mm. it could be something as simple as, you know, you log your your last 50 trades, what have you. And you see, you know, I've won 80% of the calls I've taken and I've lost 45% of the puts I've taken. Mm. So now I'm just going to go long. I'm just going to trade calls. I'm not going to trade puts. Right. Now you just become that much more profitable. So actually spending the time to journal and log your trades, your entries, your exits, as much trade data as you can, it's going to help you maximize and kind of squeeze the most out of your trading system. Wow. That's smart. It's so yeah. simple and people don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, everyone's busy. We all have our lives, right. you know, work, what have you. <laughs> it's hard to set aside that time to do so, but if you want to become consistently profitable, that's something you have to do. Yeah. So talk to me about risk analysis. Cause your first few years trading, you probably have a lot of anxiety, a lot of emotions, yeah. Yeah. So um, from an emotional standpoint, like I said, you, you get better at dealing with losses. You realize that, you know, that's part of the game, like I said. And I think one of the things that's helped me is a tool. It's tilt or the tilt meter. Mm -hmm. Tilt originated from a gambling term and it's when right. you get very emotional uh, in your decision making process. So yeah, I have yeah. a way to kind of track or log my emotions so I can become more emotionally aware of myself as a mm. trader. So if I see, you know, my tilt starts going into the red, it starts going negative. Hey, maybe I should sit out of the market, take a couple of days off, take a week off. Mm. Or say there's something like, you know, like I'm moving because uh, I moved from Maine to Malibu um, two months ago now, two and a half months ago. Mm -hmm. And I knew I was going to be super busy. There's going to be a lot of, you know, stuff going on outside of my trading world, a lot of distractions that would you know more than likely have an effect on my decision-making process right my tilt would probably go negative so i just sat out the week i didn't trade the week and you wow. have to realize like you don't have to trade every week that's really hard for people to do especially when you're starting out and you don't have a big bankroll um obviously the more capital you have the more money you have in the bank it gives you you know more of an ease like oh i don't have to make money but that's the problem most people think 
you know, because you don't get a paycheck trading. Mm. You're not getting that paycheck like you would in a normal job. Like, oh, I got to get a trade on so I can make money. Right. When that's like the opposite mentality that you should have. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I get tilted during chess and I notice I play way worse when I'm tilted. Yeah. Like way worse. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just any anything like that, like keeping track of your tilt just becoming more emotionally aware and more emotionally mature, mm. I think. And that comes with time. Obviously, you get more mature as a trader. Yeah. Um, so, you know, doing this year over year. And then when you build up that track record of consistent profitability, you can look back at your last year, you know, last six months and you see, hey, you know, I'm going through a little red spell right now. I'm, I'm not doing that well, but I have a system that, you know, I'm sticking to and I know that I'm going to be green at the end of this year. Right. So when the market crashed a year or two ago, you were able to basically adapt. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have and always have had setups that I can play either direction uh, of the market, whatever bias that may be. And so, you know, I, I did pretty well. I was more conservative because, you know, you get short and then you end up getting squeezed. I, it, it all comes down to like, if you set your levels, you have your stop loss, your take profit, you hit that target, whether you're making money or losing money, you're out. And that's a problem. Most people end up holding their trades beyond where they should have. And mm. it's human psychology. I think we're kind of, you know, our, the way we think about things and most people who get into trading think, uh, as soon as they're they're green. You get this like urgency when you when you see that money, you're up. Oh, I should I should lock in profit. I should take this capital that I've just made. And then when you're red, everyone thinks, oh, it's going to come back. Don't mm -hmm. worry, I I'm going to make money on this trade. So people end up letting their their losers bleed out, mm. more than likely blowing up their account. Uh, when again, that's like the reverse psych psychological way you should um, approach things. Right. So yeah dip i was able to do well because i could play uh either direction play you know that pullback and then that retracement back up to nice. well, that yeah, crazy you high. discipline that was a very emotional time for a lot of people so it'd be hard to stay disciplined during yeah. that yeah i mean super hard and i mean i you said you traded a bit um crypto yeah and that's how i got started and so like long term i'm very like my my bias and outlook on Bitcoin has shifted over the last couple of years. I used to be, I'm still a Bitcoin fan. I like Bitcoin, right? Yeah. My, my license used to be B, BTC USD <laughs> on my Range Rover. And I got stocks now. And I have <laughs> S&P 500 stocks on my G-Wagon. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, and so I actually don't know if I could put that in. So someone could probably yeah, look we'll up my license up. plate. Um, uh, lost my train. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, my long-term outlook on Bitcoin, you know, I still believe in Bitcoin. I think we'll get back up there to 100K plus. I yeah. ended up selling kind of as we came off that high at nice. 67. I didn't, nice. sell the, I didn't sell the top. I can't sell like, 67 sell still pretty good. I didn't sell 67. Oh. I sold like 45. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like a, a lot of Bitcoin that I was holding. Okay. You um, bought it at what price? Because when I was trading Bitcoin, it was just around a couple thousand bucks. Oh, so you made out huge. And so I did pretty well. I mean, I kind of sold on the way up okay. and then really got rid of mostly everything yeah around 45 46 i mean at that point you're not going to 10x mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i like your strategy to be honest yeah long-term investments like i don't know roth iras yeah. anything like that even though i was told by you know people like you know max your roth you know put whatever six thousand in a year like yeah. i've always been in the mentality like i don't want to be rich or wealthy when i'm 50 60 right i want that now but there's also a problem with many traders where it's like you know you, you, everyone thinks training is a get rich quick scheme yeah you enter market people enter markets 
uh, with this you know, idea that you're gonna become a millionaire mm-hmm. uh, within that year uh, or the next two years, you know, my, and most people should realize like the success I've had is not typical, that's not usual. Um, and people see like anyone in this space, this trading space or any anything that you can do making money online, all these, you know, influencers, everyone looks at them and is like, wow, they're, they're doing really well. And, and then that becomes like the norm in people's heads. And so like one guy makes 4,000 a month and then looks at someone like me, you know, who makes 100,000 a month and is like, I'm the same age, I should be doing just as well. And then they end up getting down on themselves right. and, you know, thinking they're not as good as the other person. And that's not yeah. the case. Everyone has their own journey. Uh, trading, there's no right or wrong. There's a million ways to trade everyone's opinion there's always going to be a reverse opinion on yeah, someone else's opinion for sure so and that's what i've realized is really cool and speaking with traders i was at this big summit in miami um and speaking with some really big traders who are way bigger than myself like one of this guy one of these guys he made like eight hundred sixty thousand in a day Jeez. and there are similarities and correlations when it comes to you know the mindset behind what it takes to become a profitable trader yeah but how he trades, I, I'm like, I like, I don't get how, I don't, I don't get how you make money doing that. It doesn't make sense to me. But clearly, right. he's doing well. Right. And so it's just whenever I hear someone tell me how they trade, like I, and, and most people are skeptical. If someone's like, oh, I made 160k in a day. Yeah. Trading. Um, maybe it's because they haven't had that big of a day. I haven't had 160k a day, but people find ways to make money that you would think were not even possible in the market. Hundred percent. There's always different, different opinions different strategies for yeah sure. million strategies yeah and that's what makes trading so cool absolutely it's, there's no rules absolutely yeah. no rules and i always hated following rules like in school like yeah i didn't do well in school either any group activities i'm like no nah, i'm not yeah. doing that I, like i just don't i didn't like feeling like i was like everyone else right. not that i feel like i'm i'm not special i'm not different um i just am determined i'm motivated and i'm driven i sacrificed a lot to get to where i am and you need that level of dis- discipline and sacrifice. And I was talking with my friend who I, who I met up with and you know, he's like, dude, you just disappeared for like three years. <laughs> like, I don't think people realize like, I literally cut everyone in my life out. Like wow. all my friends, like I might've been in touch with like one or two people. Jeez. I was just focusing on you know, trading and building this company. And yeah. like n- nothing else mattered to me, that was it. You know, sacrificing, you know, the, the basics like, oh, video games, Netflix. I was never really into video games, but family, f- friends, yeah. parties. That didn't interest me. What interested me was, well, making money. Mm-hmm. I actually, I have a dollar sign tattoo. Oh, Not many sick. people know that. <laughs> it's, it's here, so I, I can't show you, but it's just, I, I think it's, it's not even the money that motivates me. It's just waking up every morning mm-hmm. and having a purpose and a passion. The second you wake up, you know exactly what you're gonna do that day. And, and setting goals and engraving things into your mind where I, I would literally write down, like, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire, I am a millionaire. I'd say it, I'd write it down over and over and over in this journal. Mm. And you say things in the tense that you, you already are that, if right. I said that right. You don't say, I will be a millionaire. You say, I am a millionaire. Right. And so a lot of those, you know, visualization kind of, the more you can drive something into your, into your mind, you, you believe it's it's true, it's possible, and it'll happen. 100% manifestation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you became a millionaire at 19. What was that like? Because that's a lot of people's dream, and mm-hmm. you achieved that as a teenager. Like, mm-hmm. What was that like? 
I think I hit a point where I was like, wow, I can buy almost every anything I want, like not a yacht or a jet, right? Yeah. But you know, I could buy some some nice supercars. I could go into a store and buy you know whatever I want, and that. I had to experience that kind of it's a it's a maturity that comes with a maturity that comes with when you make a lot of money you kind of just go on this craze of spending right. and walking into stores and dropping thousands of dollars on clothes and I was I was in the Hamptons and I went into the store and there's this jacket I'm like oh I like that jacket I you know I don't look at price tags I just picked up the jacket they ran it oh three thousand dollars I'm like okay <laughs> but now I'm becoming more emotionally you know mature when it comes to money where it's like, I think money, the value of money, I totally lost. I didn't have any sense of how much a thousand dollars was worth. Mm. That's when I became a millionaire, realizing that, well, I have so much money, the value of money means nothing. I can make money so easily and so fast, it doesn't mean anything to me. Right. And I feel like if I, had, if I hadn't shifted kind of my mindset and realized like, oh, you know, there is a value to money, um, I could have gone down that rabbit hole of, you know, wearing all this gold. Like, I have a nice watch, but wearing all these golden chains and shit that really don't matter. Right. Like, I, I have, this is a $20,000 watch. I, le I always want a Rolex. I bought a Rolex when I hit a certain goal. Yeah. Um, a certain amount of money that I made in a month. And so, setting goals, however you can do it, I had like a, uh, kind of like a little Pictionnaire or whatever, where I had like car, watch, this, this. Mm -hmm. At each point I hit a goal, I'd get that thing to reward myself, to show myself and, you know, really see and realize how far I'd come. Because you mm. look at a million dollars in your bank account, 500000 in your trading account, um, it depends on what you do with that money. Some people misuse it. Some people go out and party, go to clubs, can blow 20000 uh, in the night at a club. And I feel right. like that's just that's stupid. Yeah, that's and <laughs> I don't ever want to become that person. Nice. Yeah. But if, if no, I didn't I really, that. if I didn't realize that, like earlier on maybe i would be there now maybe i'd be yeah and, and a lot of people stupid. go through that when they yeah. come into some money they just start spending crazy yeah yeah exactly mark what's next for you man well you know i think this software um that i've been trading on privately for years now i'm just almost about to launch it which mm. is you know it's something that i've had this conversation with my advisors where we could take this software turn it into a hedge fund because of the profitability factor. Mm -hmm. So I'm launching it privately to some people inside my group, just like kind of beginner user access. I don't know where that's gonna take me. I think I could either turn this software into a hedge fund or you know, a nine figure software company. Wow. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Yeah, I can't wait to see where you go with that, man. Yeah. Any uh, closing comments? You know, anything, yeah, I, I was gonna say some really cliche, <laughs> like inspirational thing, but um, I mean, like if I could do it, anyone can do it, right? Yeah. It's true. It's like there's nothing holding anyone back. It doesn't matter where you come from. Uh, you can come from no money. You can yeah. learn how to. You trade. came from Maine, right? Yeah. That's wild. Mid like middle of nowhere, yeah. right? That's nuts, man. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate Thanks for watching, guys. Digital Social Hour. I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for having me.